Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. And, uh, Lord, just, just please be with me tomorrow when I go to school, Lord, because I got this big math test, and, you know, I didn't really study, but I know you'll come through for me. And, and Lord, there's this girl at school. She's really good looking. Her name's Mary Smith. And Lord, please, please, Lord, just, just make her like me. And, and Lord, can I have a car too, a real nice one? Maybe a Mercedes. Oh, and Lord, and if you give me this Mercedes, that could make her like me too. You could be answering two prayers with one, one thing, Lord. And, and Lord, just oh, all things, Lord. Amen. displays a lack of knowledge of God's character. As you pointed out, if he didn't study for his test at all, you know, he can't really expect God to give him an A on it. He doesn't really understand how God works and what God's character is. And the more we understand God's character, the more we can pray effective prayers and the more we can deepen our relationship with him. And also shows no experience in prayer. Alright, so let me I'm gonna read a different prayer. And we're going to contrast them in a second. So just listen up to this one, or you can read it. I'm going to... So it's, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart, and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. I think the word a-whoring is kind of funny. but This is King James, but let's try to look past the language that we don't usually use right now. And to, the, to what it really means. This is, a, this is a pretty amazing prayer. So what are your, what are your um, impressions like right away? Aside from the language. Like the words he's saying. Is this guy sincere, you think? Anybody? I mean, like, what, what do you think of? Comparing to Jesse's prayer. 
It's much more focused on God than oh. himself. Yeah, that's good. Excellent. So he said it's more focused on God. What else? He's asking God to help him with his faults. That's good. In Jesse's prayer, he didn't give any glory to God. This, this is full of it. Hmm. What else? Anybody in the back? Okay, so, so yeah, let's, I wanted to go through um, a couple things here. So let's, let's look at this. Here's Jesse's, some points about Jesse's prayer, and here's some points about this prayer. If we see verse, uh, let me read 23 and 24, he says, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee, thou hast holding me by my right hand, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. So, he, um, he knows of God's what? Faithfulness, right? He sees God's character. He, he's intimately acquainted with, with God, right? Um, the second thing, which I think is pretty amazing, in 25 he says, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. Now, that's kind of almost like, almost a little weird, right? I don't know, do you, do you talk to God that way? Do you think of God that way? I mean, I don't, to me, it's a little bit awkward. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around sharing that with people. Like, you know what? I have none that I desire but thee. Like, you're my desire. You know, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you intimately. Like, isn't that, is that, is that cool? I don't know. You, do you feel comfortable in high school? Just being like, yeah, so, you know, I desire to know God intimately, so, uh, I, mean, I don't know, I don't usually do that, or at school, but this is something that um, I think is, what we're trying to communicate is that kind of some of this aspect of a relationship with God, that God actually wants this kind of, um, this kind of friendship with us, so, the second thing, is, or the third thing, is acknowledges weakness and need of God, in verse 26 he says, my flesh and my heart fail. Right? So he's, he's saying, you know, I have, I have problems. Like, I screw up. But, but what? But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So he apparently has a history of trusting God. Right? Does that make sense? There's a history that, yeah, I know he's my strength. I know that, you know, when, uh, for example, like, before I talk in front of people or share things, you know, I like to pray. Because I know, even though I'm nervous or maybe afraid of what people think, like, it doesn't matter. Because I know God's going to give me joy, and I know that he's going to, you know, he's going to use me. Why? Because it's happened before. So, you know, there's a history there. And then, let me just not belabor this anymore. Shows understanding of, you know, purpose. Verse 28. Um, but it's good for me to draw near to God. I put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all his works. Like, he understands that it's good to know God. I think that's pretty cool. So, here's just um, another thing, just to uh, further this point. You know, is God really that personal? Did Asaph make up this image of God in his head? What do you think? Is God really that way, or is is Jesse's God more uh, sort of the genie God, more believable? Or are none of them true? Is it just nothing there? He definitely desires that relationship. You know, he had that with Adam, and um, you know, that was separated by sin. And he wants it so bad that he laid down his son's life on the cross so he could have that relationship. You know, that right there shows how much he really wants to have that personal relationship with us. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Anybody else? What do you think? Is Asaph's God just a figment of his imagination? Is God really that way? You can answer or not. Yeah. I should think so. If, if, if he loved us enough to send his son and die for us, I'd say Asaph comes a lot closer. Yeah, okay. So here's, let me give you another, a clue, okay? That's, that's not even, well, the Bible supports it, but have you ever thought about um, your own desire for personal relationships? Does everybody want to have friends in here? I mean, most people, no, I don't know. I mean, you, you have a family usually, you know? That's usually how, you're usually born from a mother and father. Why, why were you born from them? Because they got possibly married or they wanted to know each other well enough to produce you, right? I mean, right? So, I mean, people want to know each other, right? Isn't that pretty, I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? We all have a desire to know other people. 
not only to know, but to, um, to love, you know? So where do you think that comes from? God created us in his image, so in that... Yeah, can you read, actually, can you read Genesis 1, 26? Yeah. This is kind of a, a cool little tidbit, and then we're going to move on. I have a new King James, but it says... Well, I, actually, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can read it. <laughs> then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them... Oh, that's good, actually. Oh, okay. Just Sorry. Read that one more time, the first part. Uh, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Okay, so what do you think, how does that have to do with uh, our desire for personal relationships? Do you see anything there? Yeah. Gives us a easier understanding of kind of who we're talking to. Yeah. Who is God? God is what? What's God made up of? Triforce. Triforce, right? Yeah. Right. He's a trinity, right? Who is it? Father. Anybody know? That's pretty obvious. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? It's really hard to understand that. They're the same essence. They have different sort of duties. But one thing that is pretty interesting is that God is love, right? Have you ever thought of God as a community of love relationships? Eh, I don't know. Maybe that's a new thought. The Holy S So God didn't need to create to love. That's what I'm saying. Does that make sense? He didn't need to create us to be able to love. It's intrinsic to his character because he has, there's three people there, sort of. Can't explain the Trinity completely, but. So we were made in our image, it says, right? God made us in our, and he said he makes us in our image, meaning there's more than one. So that desire for personal relationships, I'm claiming, comes from the fact that the Trinity already have those relationships. So I don't know if that's a new thought, but let's actually move on. Right. Okay, so. Since we understand now that God desires a personal relationship with us and wants fellowship with us, let's just read uh, these verses here, Luke 10, 38 to 43. If someone could please read that. Should I make it go again? Yeah. so busy she's running on her own head. Okay, this is the story of Mary versus Martha and Christ's interaction with them. Someone have it? I'm sure. I can read. Yeah, I Everyone can shake it. Alright. Uh, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And, she's, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Thank you. Um, so maybe many of us are Christians and we're really caught up in doing a lot of good things for God. We're talking to people, we're serving, we're cooking food, giving money to the homeless, etc. But really if we're lacking in this personal relationship with God, then we have a lot of problems. Jesus is saying that Mary chose the better thing, that is to have fellowship with Christ and not to be busy doing things. Okay? Although God obviously wants us to be doing good things, if we don't have that fellowship, we really have a pretty skewed focus, and we can fall pretty easily. So that's just a small point, that Christ even encourages us that we need to have a fellowship with Him, and that's extremely important in our walk with Christ. So, also, also though, so how can we have fellowship with God? How can we really um, sort of pursue that? I really think a good idea that um, I think we've all up here experienced is just taking significant time out of the day, maybe in the morning or in the evening, or just some time and spending with God. God wants some time spent with him. And 
we've been talking about this in my class. You know, a lot of people have busy schedules and, um, you know, find, can't find time really to fit God into it. But even though if we are really busy, um, praying and fellowshipping with God really can take place throughout the day, too. By just little pauses, brief pauses where we have time to reflect on how God is using us here. Or just reflecting on God's truth. Okay, or sometimes maybe we just need to stop watching TV. Maybe just not watch an extra half hour of TV and rather just spend time with God that way. Or if we're listening to the radio in the car, maybe we could uh, turn it off and just think about you know what God has done for me today. So just little things like that throughout the day we can pay attention to. Yeah, it's it's really a a perspective thing. This is one of the you know we're talking about prayer. Obviously, that's one way of enriching your relationship with God is through prayer, personal prayer right now, and um, it's kind of the perspective thing, I know when I used to skateboard a lot, um, whenever I would travel around like in town, in the city, I'd always, like my eye was always noticing spots, I don't know, like bef before I skated I never really paid attention or cared, but you know like when I started, I don't know if anybody can relate to that, if you don't skateboard maybe you can't, but I don't know, it's whatever, whatever sort of, if you know if if you're a girl, I have a hard time relating to you with certain things, I suppose. I don't know. What do you guys focus on? Chopping. Chopping. Yeah, well, obviously. Like, oh, that dress will look real cute on me. Yeah, so, I mean, whatever, you know. <laughs> so, just can't relate. Anyway, the idea is, like, it's sort of what's occupying your perspective, right? And one of the... One of the, the, I don't know, the most amazing things I've learned is this idea of Thanksgiving um, and how much that has really changed my perspective of life, of God, you know, just getting up in the morning. So, let me read these verses, which I think are um, also very interesting. In Titus 3, 3 through 7, this is the motivation for Thanksgiving, okay, in case you're wondering if there's a reason why I should be thankful, especially if you're a Christian, here's a reason. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts, meaning a bunch of weird junk, uh, and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hating, hateful and hating one another. Okay, so all of us are like that. We all pretty much stink, okay, as far as compared to God, morally. We're not, we're not very good. We're not very cool. But, okay, this is the key. After the kindness of and love of, of God our Savior toward, okay. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared toward man, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration, and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through our Savior Jesus Christ, that being justified by His grace. I know this is a little bit long, but bear with me here. Being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So what's that saying? So here's an example of um, God really uh, doing something amazing and wonderful not based on what I do. I don't deserve it, right? I know for me, that's amazing. I don't deserve a relationship with God. I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve Christ's death. I don't deserve even to be alive right now because of what I've done. But I am alive, and I know that... Um, these things are true about me, that I'm an heir with Christ and I'm justified, never to be condemned. So, that's why I give thanks. And one thing that I started practicing at one point, and I don't do it all the time, is right when I wake up in the morning, I thank God for the fact that I'm saved. I don't feel like it at all. I don't feel great, you know. I'm not Pollyanna. I don't know if you've seen that movie. <laughs> you know, Miss Happy Crap. No, I'm not that one. <laughs> I don't feel like it, but it's true. So I give thanks, and it's amazing how it changes my day. Amazing how it changes me. So these are, and giving thanks for promises is something I do when I have, you know, my own devotion. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Can we have some people look these up, actually? Um, let's see. I don't know, yeah. <coughs> Wesley, can you take the first one, please? The first one, can you take uh, Philippians? So I need someone to take Philippians 2.13. I'll do Romans. Alright, Nathan D. Romans. Who else? Who wants to do? First John? Great. Right. Alright. Yeah, just call it out. Whatever you want to do. Let's go. Alright, good. What do you want to do? I'll do the last one. 
So yeah, this is talking about a Christian. This is this is pretty sweet. God is God's working in you to, to will and do of his good pleasure all the time. True. It's a truth. Promise. Next. Whether you feel it or not. Okay, who's next? Romans. Oh, forget. Philippians 1 6. It's I'm confident in this thing. What is that? Uh he was begun a good work and you will complete into the day of Christ Jesus. Okay. You read that one next? Um Romans 8. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons the present or the future or any powers. We'll do what? Oh, <laughs> well, I guess I guess we Sorry. Sorry. Alright. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, nothing can separate us from Christ's love. That's pretty sweet. Uh, next, first John. Uh, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the name of God. Yeah, that's not cocky. I'm bold because of Christ, because Christ gave me his righteousness. I'm bold because Christ made me perfect in God's sight. I'm not I obviously still sin, but I, I know when I face God when I die, I'm he's gonna accept me. I'm I can be confident in that. It says that right there. So that's a, that's another promise to be thankful for. And then Philippians, or Psalm, yeah, either one. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrary heart, for God will not suffice. Mm -hmm. Next. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Okay, good. Another good promise. <laughs> Lack of thanks is bad. We're going to move on. Everyone knows that. What? All right. So, take it away. All right. Confession. By show of hands, how many people here are freaked out by the thought of confessing their sins if they were to go through that process? Show of hands. Come on. All right. God already knows your sins. All right. He sees everything, he knows everything. And he wants us to come before him and to be completely honest and tell him everything. Because not only does it show trust in him, but it also shows our confidence in him that his grace is enough to forgive us. You know, like, here, okay, someone look up Psalm 4011. And someone else look up Psalm 414. Kevin, you got Psalm 3414? No? Alright. Psalm 4011. 4011. You know what the Lord wants to give you, Lord? May your love and your truth always protect you. Yeah. His mercy. God's mercy is infinite, just like every single other characteristic of it. And we should come before Him expecting nothing less than infinite. Alright? And all throughout our life, you know, Satan uses his sin to separate us from it. And as an isolation, like, I'm the only one going through this, you know? And. Hebrews. Hebrews? I think it's 19. No, no, 4. Yeah, 14 four. to 16. I have it. I'll read it. Okay. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus was tempted with every single thing that you can ever be tempted with and fail at. Alright? He knows what you're going through. He knows everything that's happened to you. And yet, some people, me included, have the gall to come to him in prayer and be like, Lord, that, that wasn't my fault. I, you know, that's not sin. You know, to deny it 
and to come to him and think that I can tell him that it was a sin and, you know, kind of like just cleanse my conscience of When really, we should have confidence in his grace to cleanse our conscience without, you know, like you sin, you feel guilty. You come before God, you know he forgives you, but yet you still feel guilty. You know, and it's a lot of things that I included struggle with. You know, like, I come before, I know I'm forgiven, but I still feel like crap about it. You know? And uh, Hebrews 10, 19, and 24. Okay. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Alright, Jesus' death was enough. We need to come before him with confidence that he will forgive us, with enough confidence that he'll forgive us to be completely honest with him. So that we don't come worrying, oh no, this sin right here, I, I'm the only one who's ever committed something this bad, and there's no way he's ever going to forgive me for this. You know? And just the, the essence of him writing, of Paul writing to the Hebrews about this. You know, the Hebrews all throughout their history, well, ever since the time of Moses, they had to go through all this stuff to get their sins forgiven. They had to go through this huge, long process, which, I don't know, it took matters of days, didn't it? The cleansing and that, to enter into the holy, holiest of holies, kill a bunch of animals, to make good for the people for the year. It's kind of appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine more than this, you know? So there's a lot of there's a lot of Hebrews then. That's a card now. Yes. And also, you know, the point of confession is really it it sort of hinders our relationship with God. And there's a breach that's made between us and God because we have these guilt feelings. Because we are guilty. And so in confessing that, it heals that. And by confessing sin, you know, we consciously understand that what I'm doing is sin. And then when we confess it, that means a turning away from it. That means we acknowledge that it is sin. We need to turn from it. And as we're doing that, we grow in character as a Christian. And we also then, therefore, grow closer to God. So confession is a huge part of prayer uh, that is very beneficial. Mm -hmm. And so... No back, no. James 5.16 Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Or woman. Or woman, yes. Only once in a while. <laughs> man is an inclusive term. <clears throat> okay, so there's uh, something I'd like to share. That's Dan's, so. Dan's story of bitterness. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I have a little, just a little story I like to share about how um, this confession stuff kind of worked in my life and and how I came out the other end. So, about let's see. Well, how do I start this? Okay, yeah. So my um, my parents were separated for about nine years. Okay, when I was thirteen, they. Uh, we got separated, and um, that was like a huge shock for me, obviously. I don't know if you've gone through that before. If you haven't, it's not very cool. And, um, but, you know, as time went on, I, uh, I thought it didn't really affect me anymore. So, let's we'll fast forward till about age uh, 20. So I ended up on this Christian horse ranch, okay, which is a very long story in itself. I told last year, I think, some people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ranch story. And um, you can ask me later if you want to know, but, or you can ask these guys, I think, you know. And uh, <coughs> Kevin will tell you all about it. Let's see. So, yeah, actually, it was there that I realized that I was actually bitter against my parents. And I didn't realize how much it was affecting me. Through various confrontations of, you know, I don't know, I was super angry about things and there you you know lots of things come out because you're in close quarters with people for like a year so basically like you can't hide from people you know your your genuineness who you are comes out and 
So this was one thing that people, you know, were like kind of cornering me on, like, you know, what's your deal? Like, what are you angry about? What are you so bitter about? And so I didn't want to deal with it, right? Because I liked, I was, I liked the, I guess, the fact that um, I didn't really have to invest much in my parents' relationship. I didn't really have to get too close to them. And if I, if I admit this, and I admit this as sin, number one, you know, I'm admitting that I'm wrong. And number two, it obviously, there's some response, right? I have to do something. I can't stay bitter anymore. And I kind of like that in a sick way. I don't know if you can relate to that. You know, it's kind of it's nice to be angry, you know? Yeah, I'm in control. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like, good. So, um, anyway, eventually I, you know, I took some steps and I, I asked God, you know, I, I told him, um, you know, I know this is sin and I really, I really want to deal with it. And that was really hard to do. But over the course of a few months, um, me talking to God, asking forgiveness, then me, obviously, what's the next step? Going to my parents, right? Because that's the, there's a reconciliation that has to go on. And that's the part of confession that I think sort of makes me not want to do it, because it usually um, implies some action on my part, which is maybe embarrassing or weird or awkward, you know? Talking to them about, like, asking them to forgive me for acting like a jackass all my life towards them, you know? It's not very cool. It's not very easy. But I did. But now, now I can say, after like five years later, you know, of working through that and of... Um, Believing that God actually forgives me, wow, like what a difference. I love my parents so much now, you know, and I really enjoy spending time with them. I like going home. I like, uh, I can talk to them about anything I want because it like opened up the communication, you know, so that's my story. So confession's good, all right? And with that, we'll go to the next slide. <clears throat> Another aspect of yeah. prayer, petition, asking God for things. Uh, Jesse has a few verses here, just reading in, he's reading the John and Luke verses there, uh, just showing us the... Alright, yeah. Uh, starting with the Luke one. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is the father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give... Will he, for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And John. Um, and hitherto ye have have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive, that your joy may be. That your joy may be full. God gives us desires and wants. He creates us with those. And he wants us to ask him to fill those so that our joy can be full. It's not wrong to come to God and asking for him to fulfill these needs we have in our life. You know, there's a, let's see, it, you know, it makes our relationship more real with God when we see that when we pray to him and ask him for things and we see that they get answered. That makes it really real, you know. You see evidence of your prayer actually works. And that's really exciting. Um, and we need to do that boldly, as it says in Hebrews, as we read a few times already. Um, you know, sometimes, though, this can be a real hindrance to prayer life. A lot of times you might ask God for something, and we don't see an answer. You know, a lot of times with me, maybe when I was a young Christian starting out, I was praying for things, and I never really saw much result come from it. Sort of discouraged me. My prayer life took a nosedive, and I really didn't pray much anymore. I really just focused on, you know, just doing good works, reading the Bible, whatever. Sort of being like Martha, just busying herself rather than fellowshipping with Christ. So, in fellowshipping with Christ, having these petitions, you know, God can answer them in a few different ways. Yes. Okay, so with every petition, you know, God will answer it in some way. Um, and if we perceive no answer, you know, maybe we're praying wrong. You know, praying, as we saw with Jesse, it was a clear example that he was praying wrong. So there must be some sort of idea of how to pray right. 
understanding God's character, understanding that we can actually pray an effective prayer. You know, clearly some of Jesse's problems were that his prayer was non-biblical. And, I mean, he probably didn't have any faith asking him because, you know, God would not grant something that would be non-biblical anyway. Um, you know, another point of prayer that uh, would be possible is that, you know, it would bring God greater glory, perhaps, if you had this prayer concern that you brought to a group of people and you could ask them and confide to them, ask them to pray for it, so that when the prayer is answered, God, God's name is glorified through a lot of people rather than just yourself. They all see the evidence of your prayer. That could be a potential hang-up. Or, maybe sin is in the way. Perhaps if we're praying, God, praying to God for uh, an improvement in some character issue, you know, if he wants us to improve our honesty and we're continually lying, you know, clearly that sin stands in the way. And then that would be a part of the confession, part of the prayer, where we would deal with that. Or, you know, he could answer it in a different way. Maybe we don't know how to ask for what we want. And we know that the Holy Spirit can intercede for us in prayer with groanings, utterings that we don't understand. So basically, um, you know, there might be, he can communicate a more effective desire to God. We really don't understand what our desire is, rather the Holy Spirit does. And in time, as we pray and ask, we might see our desires change. If we're asking for something like a new car to impress this girl, you know, as we pray it, in time, we really see that, wow, you know, maybe I shouldn't, I just need this car for, like, these carnal things that have no bearing on the future, and then, or no bearing on anything of eternal value. Um, could have some future value. Could have yeah, future value, absolutely. nothing yeah. eternal. Um, or, you know, we could answer directly how we pray, or even better than we expected. So, the basic thing is, we need to try it and learn. And the more we try, the more we practice, the more God teaches us. So, like, I guess with any sport, you need to show up to practice in order to learn and to excel at it. Same thing with praying. God promises to teach us. So, try and see. Alright. So, yeah, petitioning is one thing, and then intercessory. What's intercessory mean? Anybody know? Intercessory prayer. Like, what is, it, what is that talking about? Someone from the, behind the projector and up. Can someone answer that question? Well, yeah, what's, it, what's that mean? Yeah, so you're on behalf, right? You're, so, like, I'm thinking of someone and I'm praying for them in a specific way, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, good. Thank you. So, um, so one reason to do that is this principle of joy in giving and serving. You know, this sort of non- uh, or counterintuitive counter idea. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I don't know, I still have trouble believing that. But it's true. It's a principle that God has, you know, set up in the universe, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's better for me to give than to get. Because I actually get, but then should I give, I guess? If I get, I don't know. doesn't make any sense. It's better to give, right? <laughs> and love and serve people we don't like by praying for them, which is difficult. But we're going to go on. Okay, so uh, let me read, speaking of Christ interceding, okay, this is a really interesting prayer that I found one time in reading the Bible, and I'm sure many other people have seen it before. And uh, this is the context, though. Christ, this is right before he's going to die, okay? So he knows what's coming. He knows he's about to, uh, you know, get, uh, go through all the pain for us, okay? So what, is, what, is, what are his thoughts, though? What's he thinking about? So check this out. In verse 15. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world. He's talking about his disciples, okay? He's praying for his disciples. I pray that you should not take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from, from evil, from the evil, from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Now, here's the cool verse, okay? This is the verse that spoke volumes to me one time when I read it. He says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So who's he praying for? Right before he's going to die, what's he thinking about? 
He's praying for us, right? I don't know, stop and think about that for a second. I think that's pretty amazing. So, you know, right before he's going to die, he's praying for us. That prayer is for me, it's for you. That's so personal, isn't it? I mean, look at validating God's personableness. I don't know, I think that's, I think that's really amazing. So, what's he say? That they may all be one, Father, as the you, Father, and me, and I in thee, and thou also may be one in us, and that they may believe. Okay, so, let's see, what am I saying here? Yeah, so in the glory which you gave, which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me. And that they may be made perfect in one. So he's, you know, basically saying that. And he also wants them to, to uh, understand God's glory. That's the rest of it. So I think that's really, um, you know, a key example of, you know, he has no reason really to be thinking about other people. He's about to die. Why are you thinking about other people? Well, he's dying for other people. So, I mean, it's kind of the whole package deal, right? It's the whole message. So... Anyway, this idea of intercessory prayer is, um, you know, I've, I've been praying for this guy who, uh, one of my friends at school, and uh, it's kind of cool. Just, you know, God give me opportunities to, um, he's a Christian, and uh, I've been asking opportunities for, um, just that we can, like, have spiritual conversations. I don't know him that well, like, spiritually, we're not that close, but... It was kind of cool. Last last week we played soccer together, and then uh, he came over and like we made some dinner and just talked about like personal stuff. It was pretty. It was pretty interesting. So that mentality, and it was it was fun. You know, it was it was fulfilling. That mentality is fulfilling, is what I'm saying. So I so try it out. Peter's an accessory story. Here's a uh, yes. Sorry, I almost stole your thunder. It's okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. A story about how I had some intercessory prayer. Okay, so at college, okay, at school, back five years ago to my freshman year, I was an engineering, engineering major, and I knew this kid, and uh, this kid named Alex, okay, the story's about Alex, alright, so he was in some of my classes, I really didn't know him so well, he was kind of a weird kid, not someone I would really go out of my way to hang out with at all, so not really a guy that I desire, you know, friendship with. Um, sort of as the days progressed, you know, somehow we were placed next to each other in class, or we sat next to each other, we started doing homework together, and I found that it was really me teaching him about the stuff, and, you know, I was getting really bogged down with all the other homework responsibilities I had, so I was basically making, turned into like me making a big sacrifice to help this kid in school. Well, maybe it wasn't so dramatic like that, but that was essentially how it was, and that's how I viewed it. So, after a while, I was kind of growing pretty annoyed if you would call up and ask to do homework. You know, sometimes I come up with excuses. No, you know, I've got to do this other thing, you know, maybe later or whatever. But then, I thought about this for a bit, and then God helped me change my mind to see how I could actually serve this guy. And I started praying for him. And I started thinking about the situation, like maybe since this guy, you know, desires some sort of interaction or friendship, maybe I could befriend him, help him with the schoolwork, and use this as an avenue, hopefully, to communicate Christ to him, because he was not a Christian. So I started praying for this guy, asking, you know, serving him, and so following up with the principle that it's better to give than to receive. So I was serving this guy, and, you know, God's promise is that when we serve, you know, our joy is full in him. So, praying with him, doing homework together, and, you know, I sort of saw a bit of value in the relationship. I started actually to get to know him more, and I started understanding that he was a pretty cool guy, actually, and we had a lot in common. Um, and after a while, um, I invited him to a Bible study that just me and a couple other guys at school um, had. We just had it after one of our classes. We just read the Bible and talked about it, and I invited him to that. He was all open to come to it. So he was coming to our Bible study for a while, and we were going through Romans, a lot of basic uh, truth about you know, being saved and justified before God. And um, so between one of the Bible studies, you know, by himself at home, he accepted Christ into his life. Which um, is sweet. 
right? Yeah. Praying for him. It was really cool. And I was praying for him, and I saw this answer to this prayer, and it was crazy, you know? It's exactly what, you know, God is calling us to do. What are you doing? Oh, so, uh, That's all right. Keep going. You got saved. Yes. So, and then just hearing that and really being able to relate with him on a deeper spiritual level was pretty amazing. And, you know, so by the time I was a senior, you know, that happened about like three years after I met him. By the time I was a senior, you know, we we're like, he's like my best friend at school. And um, just I spend time with him and keep in touch with him all the time now. So it's a really cool example of how intercessory prayer um, does work and that it gives me joy in helping or in serving other people. So, Next, yeah, praying with others. All right, praying with others is all this that we've talked about and the bag of chips. <laughs> it is, it really is. Because you've got all this stuff here, the, the praise, the worship, the confession, the intercessory petition, all that, and they take it one from one person, and you can bring it with two, three, four people, and you can just multiply it into something that's just that much more. <coughs> Hebrews 10, chapter 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Isn't that what it's all about? Us being Christians? Or even us being Christians with being an example to non-Christians? Provoking them to good works? Rather than sort of, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't really be kind of associated with them. You know, like brother or sister, you know? Just got to stay away and, you know, just like, sort of like cleave to the church, you know, because we're supposed to be unified. But, you know, we got to take us like, you know, like last night. You know, you're just sitting there in inspiration hour. And you're just sitting there in inspiration hour, just like, Total quiet, and you're just sitting there, and someone comes up to you. Hey, you want to pray? Right then and there. Is, hands up if you think that's the most phenomenal thing. It's good. Like, if you haven't experienced it, seriously, you haven't lived. And right now... I think we're done with that comment. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. And you know what? We're going to... Right now we're gonna let you guys go actually. Is that the well actually right now then anyone who really wants to I was joking about being done, but what time what time you do it at Tango? That's a joke. No, we have four we have uh, five minutes. Oh we good. Let's go. We'll keep going. So hang with us, we're almost done. <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> you said you had a great comment though. Yeah, praying on the spot though is you know, like just total randomness coming to God. You know, like you're I'm not done yet. Alright, alright. <laughs> okay. You know, praying on the spot with people, like, you come up to someone, it's like, hey, bro, you know, like, what's the matter? I notice you're kind of down, you know? It's like, oh, you know, things aren't going too well, you know? Having some problems here, having some struggles, you know? Having some issues with forgiveness. And you're like, oh, bro, you know, I'll pray for you. Don't worry about it. And you walk away. What is that? No, bro, you and me, right now, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray with you, not for you. Because that's what fellowship within the body is about. Yeah. And, yeah, it should be a natural occurrence. It shouldn't be like, oh, you know, like, I'm not going to do it with them right now, you know. <laughs> it's not on my schedule. No, the robots. Exactly. <laughs> you know? All right. I have a schedule for, you know, this. For real, yeah. <laughs> so, in summation... We've really seen that God is personal and that he desires a personal relationship with us and that prayer is an excellent means of pursuing that relationship. And we just gave you four, four aspects of prayer. There are other aspects of prayer, but we just decided to focus on these four. And the subject of prayer is so deep and there's so much other stuff to talk about, but we just left it at these. So if you guys can just remember to incorporate some of these aspects of prayer into your prayers. Thanking, you, thanking God for your salvation. Confessing sin so that you don't have this breach of guilt in your relationship. Petitioning, asking God for things because 
He gave us desires, and he wants to fulfill those desires if we ask him of them. And also praying for others, because it's better to give than to receive, following that principle. And also with a small group prayer, and being able to confide with a few other Christians, praying for them on the spot, and about deep things, and it increases our relationship with them, and also brings glory to God. So also, if you yeah, and if let's if you're not that's, that applies to mainly people who have a relation with Christ already. If you don't, though, I don't know if anything is interesting that we said, or you have questions, you know, about is this even real? Is this some weird feeling that we all like Jesse said, you know, you haven't lived unless you prayed. Like, ooh, maybe that's kind of weird. You think I don't think that sounds very interesting. I don't know. Talk to one of us. Talk to anybody here who, who understands that. I welcome questions. I'd love to talk with someone about that. I think it's, if you have any, so. So any questions? Yeah. Any questions now? Any questions? How about this answer? How about this question? What's your answer to this question? Yes. 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 Well, so we're going to pray now. All right. Anyone, anyone who wants to stay here and pray, come down here and pray. The rest of you guys can go to King Fire Practice. So I'm going to pray, and if you want to leave, you leave. Whatever you want to do. I don't know. I'm going to pray, though, all right? So let's all, we're going to fold our hands and close our eyes and get on our knees. No. All right. So, yeah, Father, we just, um, we're so thankful that we have this opportunity to um, discuss your truth. We have this opportunity to interact with each other. And I know I'm just really excited uh, for this week. I just got here, pretty much, and... I'm sorry I missed the first part, but um, I'm not apologizing to you. I'm, I'm just saying that I wish I would have been here. And uh, I really look forward to, and I think everyone here does, to uh, the rest of the week and just uh, seeing what you have for us, Lord. I know that um, your body is real, your truth is real, and uh, you've given so much meaning to my life and other people in this room. I, I just I thank you for that. and. I just thank you that you spoke through us uh, today and, uh, and through all those that inter interacted with us. In Jesus' name, amen.